Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the August 2015 edition of Ask a Leader. I have a parting shot with a valued colleague here at KUCI. Then we'll take up with Nathan Whedon of the Orange County Transit Authority, all things bicycle in Orange County. Yes, help in the form of many plans are on the way. We'll be right back after a very short station break. Welcome back to the show. Before we go into my special first guest, I want to welcome Yesenia, who is a radio intern here at KUCI. And uh, Yesenia, welcome to this PA show experience. Thank you. And uh, did you have aspirations, you said, of being a public affairs host uh, yes. this coming fall, Quar yes. the uh, fall quarter, because we're still in summer quarter. When are you taking your FCC exam here? So in two weeks. In two weeks. Okay. Well, let's, let's see what you can learn from this in terms of... Uh, you know, logistics, uh, I'm not sure I can help you pass. You saw me, I had to get all that stuff out here. Uh, the, the, the legal disclaimer and the ID, that's got to go out. Just be four minutes on either side of the top of the hour so that FCC's happy, we're happy, the manager's happy, and you're happy as an in a resident here, an intern. Well, welcome back to the show. This segment is a tribute, a very personal one, and I should have read all of this introduction out loud so I wouldn't choke, because uh, choking is not allowed, it is not cool, because uh, actually after Heather's, Heather McCoy show that always precedes me for the last three years, her, she's, she's tipped, so she goes from the, the relevant to the irreverent, and then I, I pit it, uh, pair it with my uber earnestness, so uh, if I, if I crack here, then my earnestness goes to, to goes over the top. So, a very personal tribute to my colleague Heather McCoy who leaves us after today to pursue her completion of her undergraduate work at California Polytechnic and San Luis Obispo this fall. Heather is an OC native, I believe Anaheim. Is that is that where Anna's? Yeah, I I grew up in it. I live I grew up in I started my life in Anaheim and then Westminster. And then Westminster. She did a stint at Cal State Long Beach before making herself indispensable at KUCI wearing such hats as program director, assistant engineer, recording engineer, disc jockey and public affairs hostess. She's DJed Rachel Ray's cooking accident, which was mainly, as far as I've known, was on at the seven o'clock slot. On Tuesdays, that's uh, when I met you. For how many years have you Six done? Six to eight. Uh, Rage Race Cooking is, has been on since 2005. 2005. Yeah. That's a 10-year stint. And then just about three, little over three years with the Heather McCoy show. The last show, which was uh, the last show of Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident will be tonight from 6 to 8. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the... Uh, some party favors in the background. Maybe it'll be uh, as lively a show as it ever could be. So uh, this, uh, but as for the Heather McCoy show for these nearly third three years, over three years, her tagline has been the uh, it's estrogen and protein for the mind. Well, Heather, thank you so much for all of the learning I've done uh, with you. And I, I think I'll try to cover that in some of the d various topics that we have you in this short time. In, okay. in the history of the station, it's rare, or has anyone held down both music and public affairs show? It's been done. Um, one of my dear friends, Duncan Strauss, who hosts Talking Animals, had two shows at one time. Um, he had a music show, and he had Talking Animals. And so, um, Did it, they talk? 
Well, Talking Animals was about animal rights, essentially. Okay. And so he hosts that on WMNF in Florida now, and I think that's 88.5. But um, so there's been people that have had both, but not in the same day. And so um, it definitely makes it a very... Tuesdays are just a, like a 19-hour slog for me, but I can get through them. So, um, After a long Monday slog to get ready for Tuesday. Exactly, yeah. Um, and long weekend, and especially if I'm reading a 500-page um, book before my interview. Because so, um, Heather and I both read all our books when we have our authors on. Yeah, no, I like to read them cover to cover because I just I need to know everything. And there might be something that it might be just a like a sentence or two that just changes the whole interview. And um, so I, I like to read the whole thing. Uh, and it is greatly appreciated. And the authors can definitely tell if you read the whole thing. They can. And the turnaround happens and you prepare this kind of catnip for hosts' uh, ears. Yeah. Okay. And while you've been a regular and a constant contributor around KUCI, you have transformed into the woman that you are now. <laughs> So I, you've taught me a lot, uh, not just in how to engineer, how to shove a USB into the right port in the right direction, <laughs> and, but also uh, <laughs> you know, how to seamlessly put together a pre-recorded show from start to finish with uh, you know, mixing down my files, copying, cutting, and pasting, and, uh, and that kind of thing, boosting, it's a, deleting, but you've done that. But my show can be like a riff off of the old Maxwell cassette. Uh, commercial. Is it live or is it the Heather McCoy show? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, I'm really good at making things um, that I've recorded sound live. So well, and it was lively. I I, I know Robert. I could hear a little of the Skype t uh, sort of sound in there, but and I I really cherish well, what he put together. Well, theoretically, I could Skype live if I wanted to too. But Robert is somebody that's a night owl, and so he gets to get to sleep around two or three in the morning, and he gets up at like eleven thirty. So we have to tape those because yeah. he can never wake up in time. That's and that that yeah. even takes more preparation <laughs> yeah. pre-record that always is more work folks so keep, keep that so, but so as i said you've taught me a, a good deal about the engineering and the logistics around here and my goodness you've put up with my pronoun abuse and for that pronoun i apologize abuse. for not using the oh, right pronouns yeah. so i've uh, i you've taught me <laughs> so very much uh, that i at my uh, my advanced years uh, have a lot to learn in these uh, areas, and I, I so appreciate your uh -huh. graciously letting me make my mistakes and moving on as though nothing really happened and um, just uh, sort with a nonchalance leading me into a, a, a better and a, a deeper understanding of what you've been going through and you continue to go through. Well, yeah, like my show, what's funny is um, one of my friends at the station, Dagmar Klaus, when I first, first aired, she goes, it can sound really professional at times, and then your show can go way too TMI, and then that's how I like to live my life, because I, I think, you know, I don't think I'm unique, and I think some of the things that I go through, um, other people go through, and so if something really awful happens or something really good happens or if I feel like I'm in a situation where systemically that other people go through it I'll share it on the air because I want to let people know that they're not alone out there um, and other people go through this and so if I it, you know there are times I take time out of the day and just do a, a, a monologue because just do that um, and um, I don't like I don't like people on, on the air that uh, separate themselves from other the people listening like there's a big wall separation between the listener and the person like for me like I try to be as direct and honest and share about my life as I can and um 
I know there's other people going through some of the crap I've been through. So, And I don't know if you had a chance to see the New York Times editorial page on Sunday. There was a cis privilege, lovely editorial that alternated between a, a I think she's a straight straight woman. I didn't say it. And uh, we'll make sure you get that, Heather. Um, it's, it's across the street. I know everyone can get that. Mm-hmm. And so whether... Um, what alternating between cis privilege and a, a transgendered murder, and that was really, really riveting. And, oh, and you've talked about. I actually, I have, yeah, I actually read that. That was like that was by the English professor in New York. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, yeah, it's it's a really big problem, and you know, um, even though I'm extremely poor and I'm going to be leveraged to, to death with student loans, like. You know, there are privileges that my white middle class background that even though largely evaporated uh, after I came out as trans, um, they're still in play because I've been able to cobble up enough um, student loans together to to try to go back to school. So um, there are advantages that even even as unadvantaged as I am, there are advantages of being who I am because I'm not a trans woman of color and I didn't grow up in poverty and I have those middle-class resources I can fall back on as well, far as like how to navigate the system to make it work for me. Well, I just want to take a, a issue, uh, not an unadvantaged, maybe disadvantaged. You're yeah, not yeah, unadvantaged. Yeah. You're loaded with advantages. The yeah. disadvantages without those privileges, this of cis privilege. For yeah. those of you who've just tuned in for the first segment, I have the the delight <laughs> and the treat and the I'm not going to go privilege and honor on Heather. I'm not going to go obsequious on her. That is not going to mm-hmm. work for us. This uh, Heather McCoy, she is the the hostess of the Heather McCoy show and the DJ for the Rachel Ray's cooking accident. Folks, if you like what you're hearing now, well, you'll get a piece of this again. She does a fair amount of discussion and, and, and narrative with pairing with her music selections and I think she'll probably be taking stock from 6 to 8 p.m. tonight if you are listening live on the podcast sorry you missed it (laughs) (laughs) and if if you're hearing the podcast then you get to hear the Heather McCoy show podcast and they're all up there a lot of them are up there yeah so uh, non-traditional student uh, in oh so many ways when you go on to Cal Poly uh, San Leo Obispo so uh, you're going to major in urban planning and minor mm-hmm. in journalism. So, which, so urban planning is going to be your main focus. But I want to focus on your being a non-traditional student. What are you going to bring into that class, and what are you going to bring into the office hours, Heather? <laughs> wow, that's a lot of pressure. Um, that was intended. Uh, yeah, uh, what I'm going to bring is just like my wealth of experience as far as just uh, like how to like problem solve. Like I don't like I'm not, I've not gone to school in a long time so i'm not really sure to answer that question i'm just gonna try to um bring my um i think i'm just gonna bring my unique perspective to the world to to my major and i i fully even though we poo poo big stadium projects i am a big firm believer in big um in big projects like uh, i do believe we need a tunnel constructed between um bakersfield and the los angeles basin to go over underneath the grapevine for high-speed rail as well as passenger trains and crate trains um i think that would produce a lot of um, efficiencies that we desperately need in our um, transportation system and it would be um, granted if we're not underwater by then but if it would it would you know when you build something like that like a big tunnel 
um, it's going to last 100 years. Like the subway system in New York is... Okay, I know yeah. you're, you're going off on the urban planning but, track, but yeah. I want to talk... So as a traditional student, you're... All right, you're, they're going to teach you about getting a little more academic muscle tone. Uh-huh. You're going to be there to challenge them. And I, I put in my prepare, prepared marks challenging the students and keeping the faculty up there from becoming ossified with your challenges there. So I, that's a, I, I can okay. see you doing that, Heather, uh, it, indeed. So uh, what are you looking most forward to, and what's going to give you the most satisfaction up there? That's um, slow. Graduation. <laughs> um, like <laughs> yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah, that's a good goal. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing that's going to give me the most satisfaction is, like, for the last, like, six or seven years, I've, like, felt really stuck. Like, I'm in Orange County, and even though I do a radio show and I enjoy it a lot, I feel I've I've really felt stuck in my career and like it, there was a few like jump starts where it felt like I was going somewhere and then all of a sudden it it stopped and then it felt like I was at square one again and so I'm um with Cal Poly it's gonna be like um every quarter is the goal is like straight A's like I want like I didn't get into USC and um. I still have my USC shirt because I like the women's soccer team. In addition to that, though, it's just like that's my goal for graduate school if I do decide to go there. So I want to get straight A's. As, as that's my, that's the goal I aim for. Well, uh, as a quick quick aside, I uh-huh. know that you're, uh, it being in the moment, you'll find some delectable athletes in your midst. You don't have to look <laughs> far to USC. So I, I'll just I'll leave it at that. But I I am I am looking forward to uh, we'll get for getting reports. So. What kind of a show do you want to have when you get on to radio uh, 91.3 FM? KCPR. I've been practicing that. Yes. 91.3 KCPR. Um, uh, yeah, like, um, I think what I want to do is basically do a morning magazine show where it sounds like an FM morning show, but it's not. And so I'm going to play a lot more music, but then do PA interviews and then um, have it be a two-hour span. So um, that way, if I'm on... If I'm on deadline and I don't have time to do interviews, I can just play music like a normal music show. And then if I have um, more time to devote to interviews, then I can just interrupt the music. And so I think I just want to six to eight in the morning show on and um, and and run it that way. And so I don't. I'm not going to do two shows at two different times of the night. No, that's just it's that's crazy. Like. I can, yeah, my school is the most important thing. So I'm going to take training, I think, in the f- in the fall. But like, I don't know if I'm going to go on the air right away. So I no, n- non-traditionals are the most motivated students, and really, they carry no, the because, torch. No, because because we've been beaten yes. down. Like we know, like it isn't like oh, there's freedom out there. No, there's low wage box store work out there, and so like you don't want that. And I, you know, there yesterday was a very good example of like okay. I don't want that, and so. Um, it's like that. It's like that Caddyshack thing, where it's just like, where did my golf ball go in the lumber yard? But we'll work on it. Like you don't want your golf ball to go in the lumber yard because you're already in the lumber yard and you want out. So I think that's one of the big motivating factors there. The so. back of the Prius is where it is, and <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> so I'm, I, Heather. I we have to wrap. I Aww. I have to wrap that. I uh, what uh, Cal Poly slow gains in a fully trained grounded engineer <laughs> talk host music maven we lose the same happy oh. trails heather good luck work hard 
And won't you challenge the hell out of those undergrads and keep the faculty members? Well, I'm not uh, a teacher. I'm just no, 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 the, no, no. It's a two a, a well done seminar. It's a two way street. And uh, but I, I see you as a non traditional challenging element. I think everybody gets that. So happy trails. Make your KUCI. Well, my last time in Long Beach State, actually, people thought I was a professor. I'd show up early and I'd have my computer bag, and like I looked official enough that they're like, "Oh, are you my professor?" Okay, well, no. see, so you know, if you just pick up where you left off with that. Well, I okay. Make your KUCI pit crew, your the fan club, your local surrogate moms and dads proud. Thanks for taking a pass through Ask a Leader on your way off to KUCI. Thanks for everything. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be around in the next few weeks just in case friends are listening. But, um, like, I've, I'm moving, so I have to I have to focus on that at this particular moment. But uh, I appreciate the time, and um, I appreciate the being show neighbors. It's been a lot of fun. and It has been. Uh, yeah, and so um, it feels really... Like, you know, like when John Stewart was leaving The Daily Show and people would start moaning, he's like, no one's dying, you know, but it feels like when I'm saying that I am not going to be here anymore, it feels like, you know, I'm saying goodbye and I'm going to go off into the cornfield in the sky or whatever. And uh, I'm not. I'm just going four hours north and no one's dying. <laughs> no, but there, <laughs> there is, there's a finality to it that I never expected to happen. And then right. When it's the, happening, that's it's natural. And there's going to be there's going to be one or two legs missing under the table. It's going to be wobbly around KUCI. So, yeah, that that is for sure. Well, Heather, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Giving us an extra time on your way off to your your day job. And um, good damn luck to you. Thank you. I See you tonight that. at your show. See you tonight. Okay. There's a party if you're a KUCI staff member yeah. or um, if you're... Or a devoted listener. Can one or two devoted listeners come I in? I don't know. We'll see. But we'll, anyways, we'll, we'll so like if cards. you're, if you're um, a trainee or anyone affiliated with staff, there's a party during my show. So it's 545 and it should be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Heather. Oh yeah, you're welcome. All the best. We'll be right back after a short station break. J'étais tranquille, j'étais peinard Accoudé au flipper, le type est entré dans le bar A commandé un jambon beurre Puis il s'est approché de moi Puis il m'a regardé comme ça T'as des bottes mon pote, elle me botte Je parie que c'est des Santiago Viens faire un tour dans le terrain vague Je vais t'apprendre un jeu rigolo à grands coups de chaîne de vélo Je te fais tes bottes à la baston Moi j'y ai dit, laisse béton M'a filé une beigne, j'ai filé une torgnole, m'a filé une châtaigne, je lui ai filé mes grolles. J'étais tranquille, j'étais peinard, accoudé au comptoir, le type est entré dans le bar, a commandé un café noir, puis il m'a tapé sur l'épaule et m'a regardé d'un air drôle. D'un blouson, mec ton, les pabidons. Moi je me les gèle sur mon scooter Avec ça je serai un vrai rocker Viens faire un tour dans la ruelle Je te montrerai mon opinel Et je te chouraverai ton blouson Moi j'ai dit Laisse béton Il m'a filé une beigne J'ai filé un marron m'a filé une châtaigne J'ai filé mon blouson J'étais tranquille, j'étais peinard Je réparais ma mobilette Le type a surgi sur le boulevard Sur sa grosse moto super chouette S'est arrêté le long du trottoir Et m'a regardé d'un air bête Tu as le même blue jean que James Dean Tu arrêtes ta frime Je parie que c'est un vrai Lévi Strauss Il est carrément pas craignos Viens faire un tour derrière l'église Histoire que je te dévalise à grands coups de ceinturon Moi je t'ai that's hit the road we wanted to make it very uh, seamlessly thematic we're gonna let heather hit the road 
And now we're going to hit the road with the bike theme. Welcome back to the show. This uh, is the uh, this next portion is my guest is Nathan Whedon. He's the marketing director at Orange County Transportation Authority, also known as OCTA, which I will do to save everybody lots of time. Nathan completed his BA in communications at Cal State Fullerton, where he contributed columns to the Daily Titan and the Tusk Magazine. He was general manager for Bike and Roll and had a stint at the Costa Mesa Conference and Visitors Bureau. He joined OCTA just over a year ago and gets paid to pump bikes, so to speak. Good for you, Nathan. You get paid to do that. And welcome to Ask a Leader. Thank you for having me, Claudia. I appreciate it. Well, I, speaking of planning, my, my last guest, my tribute with Heather McCoy, who's getting her urban planning degree up there at Cal Poly Obispo, the idea of planning for bicycles for me goes way back to my graduate courses in planning theory. Everyone was very straight-faced about how exhaustive the rational planning approach was. But I noticed personally the scope of transportation modes did not include the bicycle, and that used to vex the heck out of me. The bike had been around for well over a century, and so now it's cities, counties, regional authorities are getting that this mode of transportation has to be a larger share of the choices we make. So I'm so glad we have you on today. Well, when I, uh, in every time I interview someone about transit on the show, I always ask them, how they got to work today. How about you, Nathan? Today, unfortunately, I drove my car in solo driver, which I hate doing because I try to commute my bicycle as much as I can. Okay. Actually, I, I noticed there's a pattern. Every time they I say I hate, and I know they're going to say car versus they did the bike. <laughs> so that's, that is a, that's understood. Well, so I want, um, what, uh, let's talk about the, let's, let's start with the safety as uh, bicycling is concerned uh, around, this is a large part of what you're planning now. So uh, with Orange County now, it ranks nine out of the 58 counties in reported bike injuries and fatalities relative to daily vehicle miles traveled. What might you be attributing that to? You know, it's really tough because, as you know, we have a lot of people who live in Orange County, and it's really grown exponentially over the years. Uh, so it's hard to say pick out one reason why people may be getting injured or even worse while while bicycling. Um, you know, a lot of it is that the education just hasn't been there. There's some great groups locally, the uh, Orange County Wheelmen are a bicycling club that teaches yes. people the right ways to ride. We have the Orange County Bicycle Coalition as well, who are also, I mean, they just have some really knowledgeable people there who are trying to teach as many different people as they can just the right ways to ride your bicycle on the road. So it's it's really been a challenge for us to attribute specific specific reasons why people may be getting injured in Orange County. Uh, I was going to save my pee for a, um, a sort of a later if we ran out of time thing, but maybe I'm just wondering if it's more stylish in Orange County to uh, wear your earbuds and not wear a helmet. And that is that a factor when you when the fatality or a severe injury is reported, are, are, does the the police report include what kind of accoutrements were nearby the cyclist? No, it, I, you know, I haven't seen it get into too much detail like that. I know the OCTA and, and me personally, we always tell people to never wear earbuds when you're riding. You don't want to take away a sense. It just becomes much more dangerous. You need to be able to hear. You need to be able to hear if someone's approaching from behind or in front or from the side. So we always tell people to just never wear earphones when you're riding. Well, I noticed that part of the ensemble is no, uh, with earbuds in and helmet off. It's just, in fact, I noticed on my short commute on my bike today to the station, 
two uh, incidences of that. So, I, I, so I, I'm just wondering if some, we can attribute that to. So let's break down. Uh, partly, part of the safety aspect is the types of bikeways. There's. Tell us about the classes one, two, and three. Which is the most used? Uh, what uh, What are you uh, at trying? What's your goal to add to the the transit plan? So currently in Orange County, there's 241 miles of existing Class 1 bikeway. A Class 1 bikeway is an off-street paved path that is completely free of automobile traffic. So those are always the most preferred. Uh, we like to use the, the term stress-free. It provides a stress-free environment. And those are built to accommodate any user from 8 to 80. And that's kind of a popular phrase you're going to hear when you talk about people in, in kind of the bicycling community, 8 to 80. It's a model that just really wants to be able to provide infrastructure to support all ages and skill levels. So there's another 192 proposed Class 1 bikeways that we're hoping will be built in the near future. Class 2 is an on-street striped. I'm sure you've seen these uh, in cities all over Orange County. Irvine in particular right. has many miles of, of uh, Class 1s and Class 2s. There is 738 existing miles of Class 2 bikeways in Orange County with an additional 377 proposed. So Class 3 is just a, a, a preferred route. You might see the sign on the side of the road that says bike route. It's typically a green sign. Currently, there's 100 miles of the existing Class 3 in Orange County and a proposed 98. So with our bikeways planning, we, we really try to combine Class 1s and 2s. Of course, we would prefer to build Class 1s. Okay. So, and who's, where are the funds coming from? Who do you get to send the thank you note to as far, Measure M, uh, municipal uh, funds, what, what, where, where is this getting unwritten? Federal funds? So what OCTA does is we'll host workshops throughout the year, and we have a few dedicated staff in our planning department who host these workshops to help cities acquire funding from the California Transportation Commission and from the California Department of Transportation, Caltrans. So... These aren't coming from Measure M. These are, these are coming from other sources. Okay. All right. For those of you who've just joined us, my guest in this portion of the show is Nathan Whedon. He's marketing director of OCTA, OCTA on Ask a Leader on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming on the web, uh, uh, not on the lanes because we're not listening to radio folks on, <laughs> on the street, <laughs> on, on the web at KUCI.org. So uh, we're talking about what you're doing, what you're planning on, what... Uh, what then and folks if we do our job right today we are creating more incentives for people to we're, we're gonna it's going to show up in more bike sales and the uh, and less car driving and that kind of a thing so what uh, and I, I've had a in my mind too um, if real estate's axiom is or truism is location 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 so it's locomotion 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 we're going to keep working that and give everybody every incentive to take up this uh, delightful way to get around so uh let's so is there uh, you've got it broken down on this incredible website i must say uh, the orangecounty.net and you t open up folks the share the ride and bike section it's just loaded with goodies and uh, what I there's a, there's the planning effort so um, it can um, I'd like for you to talk about the focus you've broken it down in districts one and two and district four and a little bit about five and so is district three not an area of concern or it's uh, what's what's where are the priorities here well 
this the whole collaborative started back in 2011, and the county, as, as you just mentioned, was divided into four segments based on supervisorial districts. Right. So there's north, west, central, and south. So we're currently in District 3, which we're calling the OC Foothills area. Uh, it's not so much a matter of prioritization based on which came first or which came second. Uh, it's, we just tried to make sure that we got every single section of the county uh, because there's 34 cities in Orange County, so that would be a pretty massive scope of work to try to undertake that all at the same time. Of course. So that's why we have kind of moved from, from section to section. So, so what we do is it's it's a the planning process is really two phased. The first phase is OCTA works really closely with local stakeholders to develop a bikeway strategy, which we're able to identify and rank a set of regional bikeway corridors. And then the second phase is those top rank corridors are, are further defined through a, a little bit more detailed feasibility study. Okay, and it's it's, I mean, if, folks, if you just pull up a map, you. You see all this good work that those corridors, those sort of bicycle arterials, and there's the t soon to, well, I'm not, when is the deadline for the 66-mile loop here of riverine coastal bike trails? So right now, currently, the, the OC loop, which connects through coastal Orange County, central Orange County, northern Orange County, it's, once it's completed, it's going to be 66 miles. Right now, it's about 70% of the way complete. So our team is actually working on uh, a plan that will help complete the loop. And once that's completed, it will connect through 17 different cities, and it will go through, through many different areas with, with schools and parks and places that people want to go. So it just incentivizes them to be able to get to the places that they would maybe be driving, go by bike. And that's really what that project is trying to accomplish. So I am so impressed with the Association of Pedestrian and Bike Professionals webinars that you are posting on the, the OCA, OCTA net uh, website. Let's start. We've all missed the, uh, the shared street slow starts that San Clemente works. Oh, no, that's coming up. That one's coming up on 916. So people can sign up through. Uh, they can get a hold of you or they can they can see that on the website or they can they can call you or email you to reserve their spot. And these are all noon at various locations around the county. Yeah, so this is this is something that we've all been really enjoying doing over the past year. So what we do is we purchase these webinars and then we go from different cities or, or different different groups that we've worked with in the past or partnerships that we've formed and we host these webinars for free and they're at noon so we just ask people hey why don't you come down bring your lunch we'll watch the webinar we'll listen in to some professionals who are just extremely knowledgeable about the topic and then afterwards we'll just kind of open it up to discussion so you have a chance to speak with myself a few of my other colleagues at OCTA and people who work for the cities or work for these other local jurisdictions or just interested citizens who want to come out and and just talk about bicycling. So the one I was trying to mention that we just missed was last week in Mission Viejo, streetscape designed to improve walking and bicycling. So tell us how that went. What was uh, some really vital takeaway from that one? Well, this was a really interesting yes. webinar. They're all interesting. but You can distill it for those of us, who all of us who missed that. Uh, it, it, it was great because it, it just shows you all of these different ways that you can improve safety for people who are walking, people who are bicycling. Really what I was trying to do is just to encourage people to think differently about their communities, think differently about their cities. A lot of times we, we, we get so concerned that areas are just built 
to suit the needs of, of automobiles. And so when you see the webinars and you see some of these designs that are that are getting implemented in other places and other countries that make it more bicycle and pedestrian friendly, it really gets you excited and it really encourages people to come out to the, to some of these other meetings that we have to so that we can try to do that locally. What were some of the simple things? Because we're not comparable to the settlement patterns of, I'm thinking, many of the European communities, but what were some comparable uh, easier fixes that you thought, wow, we can get started right away with that? So there's one simple one that I always just think it's such a great idea, and it's so simple, and a lot of times the most the, the best ideas are the most simple. Yes. And they have these little, what they call bulb outs, and it just makes the distance in which you have to cross the street uh, decreased. So it, it just gets people across the street faster. Um, you, they don't have to cross as far, and it blocks off a lot of the other travel distance. So then you have room, you have some room for parking. It's a little bit more uh, manageable for people who just want to walk. Now I know from a pedestrian standpoint that parked cars on a, a, along a street will that always increases pedestrian use. So what do the parked cars do for bicyclists on the other side of the car parked? Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, I we, we, another thing that we that we tell people is to ride out of the door zone. Right. So, yep. it, you know, the 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 parking situation is it's a little bit. Uh, we we don't really talk too much about it because we're not really building parking spaces. We just try to encourage people to be aware of the door zone when they're riding. So if there's right. parallel parking on the street, just make sure you're a little bit out of the door zone so that if someone doesn't see you and they open your door, you don't get hurt. Right, right. So then, the, as I was saying, the San Clemente webinars, the Shared Streets, Slow Streets, that's on the 16th. And you'll see on the website, it's at the San Clemente Public Works uh, Community Development Conference Room. And then I really, here's the drum roll, the one I want to make sure I go to. <laughs> I'm not sure I can get there. I knew, though. Um, it doesn't say where, but it'll be, it's on October 21st, Tactical Urbanism. What the heck does that mean? So it sounds kind of daunting, but it really isn't. And oh, we don't be. have we don't <laughs> we don't have the location yet, but we'll get that up. And as soon as we do, we we, we notify people through email. And you can also just check back on the site and see where it's going to be, or you can give me a call. I'm happy to happy to talk to anyone who wants to talk about it. So what tactical urbanism yes. does gives people an example, a temporary example of what potential infrastructure could feel like. Oh. So. You can do it on, let's say you have a four-lane arterial road. You can take one travel lane from each side of the road down, and you can block it off with something like planters or just tape, something really simple, and just invite people to come out, and, and that way they can do an A-B comparison about what it's like with a protected bikeway and what it's like without. So it's simple. You can do it very fast, and it's, it's a great type of event. And then the, the year fills out with the bike boxes in November, the best guides and manual you've never heard of in, in December, and those are to-be-announced locations. So, folks, I think you're getting the drift of what a terrific array of things there are. So then, um, so you also have, though, coming up, and that's one reason why this is meant to be such a topical appointment with you, Nathan, is the, uh, the upcoming Bikeways Collaborative event uh, it's a, a, an Orange County Foothills roundtable discussion that's September 10th from 5.30 to 7.30 at the Orchard Hills School Multi-Purpose Room. That's uh, right there in Culver Drive. Uh, so tell us what you want get done there, Nathan Whedon. 
Sure. Well, first, there, there may be a change in the date, and if that's the oh. case, then Claudia, I'll notify you. This Please. just kind of came up due to scheduling. Okay. Um, however, what we do at this event is we, we invite people who live in these communities to come out and give us their opinions on the corridors that we've established. So we had the initial meeting in June where we just we did a lot of little breakouts. We did a presentation of the overall plan, and then we asked people to sit at different tables based on where they lived or worked or where they traveled most because they're, they're most familiar with that area. So with all of that information, we were able to establish the, the corridors. At this roundtable discussion number two, that's where the corridors will be unveiled and then people can provide their their feedback at that time as well. All right. So it's a great it's a great event because we you know we really get this robust discussion. We have a good combination of planning people, marketing people, people who are just interested and and want to improve bicycling in their community. So it's it's fantastic. And I I'm applauding you for the hours. I'm thinking probably a lot of commuters are going to be more available for it's, it. You're, I think you're going to stay with an evening slot though for this. Yes, that's that's going to be the goal. Okay, well, um, I when while we're talking about speaking of commuting and all that, so as safety's concerned, what type of biker, if you can break it down, is more prone to injury? Is it the commuter, the recreationalist, the athlete, the training? What, uh, what would you um, do? You have any handle on what's happening that way? You know, I haven't seen very hard data on the type of bicyclist that, that is involved in a collision or a reported collision. Uh, we have really st- strong data based on, on date, location, time, a lot of these other factors, but not so much what type of bicyclist the person was who was involved in a, in a collision. Because uh, anecdotally, I can think of, of all kinds that are, uh, you know, that are have been involved in the fatalities, in fact, and there are seasoned riders. It's, that's what's so appalling is people know what they're doing on the road and they succumb to just getting pulled into some kind of a, a hub from a truck passing them. And right, I mean, right on Culver about, mm-hmm. I don't know, about eight or nine years ago. But And, and those uh, training, uh, those athletes on up and down the Pelican uh, Hill, there have been fatalities there nearby on uh, Pacific Coast Highway. For those of you who just joined us, my guest is Nathan Whedon. He's the marketing director of OCTA, Orange County Transportation Authority, and we were on Ask a Leader at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, streaming on around the world on the web at KUCI.org. I don't know, Sandy, if you have any, I have an intern with me who's training. I don't know, Did you? Uh, how did you get to the station today? I am such a walker. I walk everywhere. So I don't own a car. I don't know what it is about walking that I just feel a sense of like relief, relaxation. But I typically like to walk. Okay. And well, Ro- you're interested too, aren't you, Nathan? You want to know about who's walking out there. I mean, there's there's a companionship because the bikes, they're, they're parking their bikes and then they become pedestrians. Yeah, and you know, w- one thing that we've really tried to do over the course of the last year is instead of instead of saying bicyclist or or pedestrian, we like to use terms like a person who's riding a bike, a person who's bicycling, a person who's walking. And so we've kind of lumped those two groups together as active transportation. So that's another key word that you're going to be hearing more and more, I hope, is active transportation. And what that means is just people who are using other methods than their own personal motor vehicle. Amen for all of that. Well, I, actually, one of the first things I did when I relocated to Orange County was we worked on the uh, 
we inventoried the all the abandoned railway corridors, and I don't think we've given that uh, lip service, but we did that for the Rails to Trails Conservancy. Is uh, that's part of your plan here? Those are the those are one of the class one bike paths. So uh, I don't know. Uh, those are the best for everybody's use because they are uh, abandoned railroad cor railway corridors are are of a, a grade that's navigable for the fixed rail traffic so it makes for bicycling uh, super super easy and all that so uh, I, I imagine you've you've benefited you've used a little bit of that that we did in 92 for, for your your part of your inventory now for for bikeways no yeah and uh, in in past studies I believe it was in the supervisorial district one and two there's a there's a section of, of one of the corridors that utilizes that and I know there's still some ongoing um, discussion between OCTA and some other groups to, to hopefully acquire more or help cities acquire more of those right-of-ways. Okay. Well, we have, we've talked about some forums coming up, and there, uh, I don't know, let's see, there's the Bike Month promotion. Uh, bike National Bike Month is in May, so we don't get to promote that right now, but you'll invariably have many things planned. Um, I don't know if the Cicla, Cicla Via uh, idea has percolated a little bit about how to how it might happen in Orange County. Maybe something out of the Platinum Triangle and into something there to sort of establish, stake out, create facts on the trail, kind of facts on the street. Yeah, there was two events last year that, that emulated the Ciclovia. There was one in Santa Ana called Somos, and it was a great event. They shut down a couple miles of street where people were just out there on their bikes and walking and rollerblading and just really enjoying the street. And also there was another event. Uh, it was also last October, and it was in Garden Grove, and it was called the Reimagined Garden Grove, where they did something very similar, where they just closed off the streets to car traffic, and they let everyone just ride and walk and, and enjoy themselves in a stress-free environment. Do these become annual events? There's going to be another event in both cities, actually, this year. Okay, so let's there's going promote to be the those. Re the Reimagine Garden Grove and the Somos in Santa Ana. Okay, when and are those planned? I believe they're going to be October. Both in October. So when everybody's back in the saddle and their school and their work. and mm -hmm. I mean, not many of us have left our... Some of us have never left the saddle. but uh, So there'll be this, a similar route or a different uh, pattern. Uh, I'm not sure at this point. I think they're both fairly early in the planning stages, but I would imagine just because th there was such great public feedback last year and everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves, I, I would guess that it's going to be a similar setup. Okay. So uh, I want to just keep directing people to the octa.net, um, the the website here. Um, I, I, one other uh, concern I have is about who's in charge of requiring some kind of bicycle locking mechanism facility around businesses and uh, public institutions. What's, what is the uh, mandate there, the official mandate? You know, that's something that's kind of a, a gray area for me, too. Um, I'm not sure who regulates uh, bicycle parking facilities. Um, I would imagine it's the city in which the, the facility is located. Okay. Well, folks, if you're not finding enough, and I, I tend to be somewhat militant sometimes, and I bring my bike inside because I think, uh, so it's not, it's the city mandating all sectors, public and private, to put uh, those parking facilities out there for bikes. So it's not, it's not the, the private uh, owner's decision uh, just to be nice. 
I believe so because I've seen in some of actually in some of the the webinars that I've attended where the city puts them in and others if the if the business wants to be known as a bicycle friendly business right. and sometimes they'll take the initiative and, and they'll put a rack out or something some sort of mechanism that allows people to park their bikes securely. Well, let's do this with uh, what does OCTA take uh, opportunities with lauding some exemplary municipal uh, corporate kinds of models. We do in certain circumstances, but I don't okay. know if this would be something that would that would that would that we would do that for. Oh no, okay, but I mean generally, let's let's open it up not for parking spaces, uh, parking uh, structures, facilities for bikes. But uh, what are some of the models that you want? And um, we talked a little bit in preparation for the show that the Irvine company laid out this lovely Jeffrey Trail. Uh, so I mean that. We'll let that speak for itself, but what are some other OCTA-lauded kinds of uh, models, templates out there around Orange County? Well, pretty much what we have is our the Comprehensive Regional Bikeways Collaborative. And so if you go onto our website, you can see the past studies that have been completed, and that is the OCTA model. Okay. I'm just wondering if there's partners around that uh, that have that have really been really, really good neighbors and that you wanted to give them their due. I think pretty much every city in Orange County has been great. They've all, at this point in time, they've all taken part in the Bikeways Collaborative, and they're all doing their part to make Orange County a more bicycle-friendly place. And in fact, Orange County is rated as a bicycle-friendly community by the League of American Bicyclists. Okay. Some cities have individual ratings, as Irvine and Huntington Beach do, uh, UCI does as well, but the county as a whole is known as a bicycle-friendly community. All right, let's. Let's give you uh, all the resources in the world and all the political clout. What, Nathan Whedon, would you love to get institutionalized for as incentives go, as a, a biker-friendly community goes? You have at it. What, what would you, what was your, what's your dream project? Well, I've been, yeah, you know, I've done a little bit of traveling. I've been, I've been to the Netherlands. Uh, oh, they obviously have the, the best bicycling infrastructure in the world. Um, I don't know, maybe Copenhagen doesn't want to hear that. And I also lived in New York City for a couple of years. And while I was in New York, it, it became such a more bicycle-friendly city place. From from the day I got there to the day I left, it was it was pretty much night and day. So. I would love to see as many Class 1 bikeways built in Orange County as possible. That would be great because not only for myself, but for everyone else to enjoy. Whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned bicycle commuter, and I would just love to see that. Amen. I, I think, Nathan, ever as the advent of the cellular phone uh, has uh, occurred, then it made me want Class 1 bicycle uh, facilities all the more. I think it's just actuarially bicyclists are more at risk because of that distraction that too many drivers just can't avoid. So um, that's, uh, that. yeah, I, I share you with, uh, in, with that wish for sure. Um, and I, I, I guess it's kind of like Yusane was talking about. There's a kind of a groove you can get into with uh, a, a walking experience, and that groove is is possible. You can really, really feel that bike ride on the the the, uh, the class one path. Well, Nathan, we, you've been very generous with your time this morning with us. I thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Anytime someone wants to talk to me about bicycling, I'm in. You're in, and you are on. You want to give us your contact information that so people can sign up for webinars and other things there at your office. 
Absolutely. So anyone can go onto OCTA.net, go onto our bikeways planning pages, or just writing in Orange County. You can get information about the webinars, upcoming events that we'll be taking part in, and also you can send me an email and I'll send you a map that shows all of the bikeways throughout Orange County. Or you can call me, 579, I'm sorry, 714-560-5936, or email me, n-w-h-e-a-d-o-n at OCTA.net. And that is Nathan Whedon, program uh, director here at there at OCTA, earning his keep and uh, delighting me with a, a priority that we both uh, share and I know many, many, many listeners do share in common. Thanks for being on the show today, Nathan Whedon. Thank you. Well, here we are. We're going to head off into a few announcements. For uh, next week, my show is going to be all about... Two, uh, two uh, double treat at UCI. We're going to have on Jim Hicks. He is the uh, the interim vice chancellor for research, and he'll talk about exercise, the new drug and drug trials. Then Asian Studies Director Linda Vo will present her exhibition that she's co-curated entitled Vietnamese Focused Generations of Stories. The grand opening is this coming Saturday, and this exhibit will run until February of next year. I want to thank everybody for listening. Talk to you all next week.